I got something I hope will will help somebody uh, this morning. If you have your Bibles uh, uh, and you want to follow along, of course, it'll be on the screen as well. But I want you to open up the Second Kings, Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four. This is passage uh, been on my heart, and I, I really even was you know in in reading and studying this was was really looking at it in a different way than I'm going to end up sharing it. Uh, but that's uh, that's all right too. Um, uh, but some things that I just want to bring out of this, and use it as a as a basis. I won't deal, you know, strictly with the text, but try to apply it to our hearts and our lives, and our destinies. And uh, and just so you know, it is okay to say Amen, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. You know, you it is okay to show signs of life in the nine a.m. service. Just so you know, just so you know, just so we're clear. I just want you. You're not going to scare me. You're not going to scare me. Might scare me if you don't say nothing, but you're not going to scare me if you do. All right, so here, here it is, 2 Kings 4, verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. You know that Elisha was the, the, the prophet called to the Lord, and there were sons of the prophets. In other words, they were, they were students, really. They, they were people that, that was in a school of the prophets. And so one of the wives of the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. In that day, if there was a, 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 a an indebtedness, a, a, a credit that was owed, then, then what they could do is they could actually make them work it off. There was no way to pay it, so they could work it off. And now this woman's lost her husband, about to lose her two sons to the creditors. And, and, and what work they would do would not benefit her or the household. It would only go to benefit the, the one that they was working for. And, and, and Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. That's all I got, a little, little jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm already in debt. Already got problems with debt. But go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, Borrow not a few. Next verse. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. She's pouring the oil in all these vessels. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. We done gathered all that we could gather, done got all that we could get, and there's not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. I want to read one more scripture, but I want to go to, and you don't have to turn there, they're going to, Pop it up here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, to everything there is a season. How many knows your trouble won't last always? Where you at right now won't, won't stay that way. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And, and, and so I want to take this story and, and this scripture here from Ecclesiastes, and I just want to talk to you. And, and tell somebody today, God can change your season. 
That's really what's on my heart this morning. God can change your season. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. We thank you for your power and your spirit. We pray, God, that you would help us to preach and to teach today. I pray, God, that you would fill my heart with your word, that my mouth may speak of the abundance of my heart, being filled with your word and your word alone. May it speak as the very oracles of God. May it go forth and pierce the hearts and, and, and divide us under even soul and spirit. Father, may it, may it do that work which is needed and necessary today. May you, may you change somebody's heart. May you infuse faith and expectation and belief and recovery and restoration into somebody today. And, Father, may you also May you also today absolutely change somebody's season. Father, we look to you. We hope in you. We put our faith and trust in you. And we'll give you the glory for what you do. For we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen. If you believe he can change your season, go ahead and give him a hand clap now. You ought to go ahead and bless him now. Amen. Knowing what he can do. Knowing what he can do. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. God. Can change your season. I, I don't know how many of you remember this. Uh, back in in 1970, actually, uh, and if you, of course, wasn't born then, you you at least may have heard the story of of, of the Apollo Apollo 13, uh, one of the the, the spacecraft uh, programs and, and the Apollo program. And and in April of 1970, uh, Apollo 13 took flight. And uh, it's supposed to have been, a, a, of course, a longer flight. Was the, the, the flight was supposed to land on the moon. But during the flight, two days into the mission, uh, they, they encountered an issue. I believe it was an a oxygen tank that actually exploded. And, and so they had to abort the mission. And it was really uh, iffy about them being able to, to get back to Earth uh, uh, safely because this isn't... And once you hear this, this was not what they had planned for. This is not what they had anticipated. They anticipated everything going smoothly. They anticipated everything going fine. They anticipated because there had been other missions that had done exactly what this one was going to do. This would carry those out a little bit different, a little bit further, take things to another level. But they, in other words, they had done this before. They had been here before. They had seen this happen before. And so, but this time... In, in flight, one of the oxygen tanks uh, uh, began to explode. And so now all of a sudden, you, and that, that famous line, maybe you, you've heard this and, and didn't know where it came from, but, but you remember the communication that came from the Apollo 13 back to Earth where the NASA uh, uh, there in the control room was in Houston, Texas. And, and so they, they messaged back. Remember what they said? They said, Houston, we have a problem. Now that's not what you want to hear. On the other side of the radio, you want to hear everything's fine, everything's check, checkpoint, check, check, this, that, the other, everything's fine, everything, this level's good, that level's good. What you do not want to hear when somebody is tens of thousands of miles up in space is somebody to say, uh, there's a problem. We have a problem. And, and and if you and, and of course they made a movie about all this and and and, and everything and I'm neither endorsing nor nor whatever but 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 if you if you've seen that or seen the clips I haven't seen the movie but I've seen the clips what there, there's a couple of guys that's talking in the control room and they say that this is very very um, you know, accurate as to how things went down 
and they're there in the control room, and one guy, he's, he's telling one of the bosses everything that, that could possibly go wrong. He's telling that. How many knows the devil always makes sure somebody will tell you, anyway, what can go wrong? And, and he's like, oh, this, this is terrible. This, I mean, they're just not going to make it. We're going to lose these astronauts. And he's like, and, and the guy looks back at him and he says, I am well aware of the trouble. He said, I'm well aware of the potential negative. He said, I know that this and this way. He said, he said, this could be the worst disaster in NASA history that we've ever experienced. There was another guy there at the control room that had been in communication, direct communication with the Apollo 13, and he turned to the individuals, and he said, he said to, to that one that said, this could be the worst disaster that we've ever experienced, and he turned around and he said, with all due respect, sir, he's like, I believe this could be our finest hour. In other words, I believe that we can make adjustments. I believe that we can get through this. I know the way it looks. I know how hopeless it seems. I, I know this is not what we anticipated. Come on, anybody ever had anything you didn't anticipate? Looked like it could be the worst disaster that you could ever experience. Looked like the worst thing that could ever happen. And, and, and the voices in your head, come on, the voices in your head, up on your shoulder, just, just, just whispering, chit-chatting to you internally, saying, oh, this is the worst thing you could ever have. This is the worst thing that could ever happen. This is, this is the worst thing that you could ever experience. And, and, and yet, and yet, what if it's not? the worst disaster that you could ever experience. What if this, right in the middle of your trouble, right in the middle of your pain, right in the middle of that diagnosis, right in the middle of that failed marriage, what if in the, right in the midst of it, this could be the finest hour? What if this could be the thing that turns the tide? What if you discover, amen, what if you discover some things in this moment that you would not have otherwise known? What if you have some ideas now? What if you what if some ingenuity? What if what if things begin to manifest that 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 through this that, that you didn't anticipate because you didn't even know you didn't, because I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. You do not find out what you are made of when everything goes well and everything works out. You do not find out what you're made of. You do not find out what's really down inside of you. Come on, somebody. It's, you, you've heard it said, it's like the tea bag. You don't know what's in it till you put it in hot water. You, you don't really know when everything's going good and everything's clicking and everything goes according to plan. And you're just like, oh, man, I'm just great. I'm just great because it's checkpoint, checkpoint, checkpoint. No, that's not when you find out what's wrong or what's, or what's really in you. What you find, when you find out what's really you're made of is when you start saying, man, that didn't work out and that didn't work out and I thought that would be and I got a bit of X there and that this is not working out and this is not taking place and that's not working out and that didn't go as expected. And when things start going wrong and you get the unexpected and the things that seem extreme and insurmountable and inconquerable and unmovable, that's when you find out what you're made of is when you face adversity. Come on. You find out, you find out when the wheels come off. You find out, come on, you find out that thing, when things don't go according to plan. That's when we see what really we're made of, what we're really going to believe. Amen. Remember, remember Saul and Israel and David and Goliath. Remember that story? I'll get back to this woman. 
her pot of oil. All she got is a pot of oil. It ain't going nowhere. We'll get back to her. And remember the story of Saul and, and, and Israel and David and Goliath. Remember that Goliath came and challenged Saul and his army, the army of Israel, and he challenged them, and he began to defy them and defy God, and he stood there, and they went through that for 40 days. They went through that for 40 days. And, and, and in doing that, that, that Saul and his army, remember they were afraid and they were fearful. And even though they were dressed for battle, they didn't go out and fight him because they was like, and, and, and now listen, he was a king, and the men were soldiers. They were an army. But what, what was being proven was that they, they didn't really have the fight. Amen. And then here came David, a little ruddy shepherd boy, and he hears this giant, and he said, you know, somebody ought to go out there and do something about that. Somebody ought to go out there and fight. Now, he, he wasn't a soldier. He wasn't a warrior. All, he had killed a lion and a bear, had done, it, had done it to save his father's sheep. And he said, you know what? This is going to be no different because the same God that was with me and delivered me from the paw of the lion and delivered me from the paw of the bear, he can surely get me through this. See, it's good. It's a good thing to. It's a good thing if you keep living with God long enough. It's a good thing to develop a history with God, because you can pull on that and say, "Yeah, but He got me through that, and He got me through that." And I know you ain't never been through it, and you think that He ain't gonna get you through it. But trust me, I've been down on the bottom of the river. I've been. I've had things standing on my head, and I couldn't breathe. I had things that was choking me, and I didn't know if I was gonna live through it or not. But you trust me, God got me through that, and He'll get me through this and the same God that works for me can work for you and the same God that worked on that can work in this and David goes out there and he and, and you know the story he slays the giant cuts his head off and he, he's, he's the victor and all this but here's the here's the thing I want to tell you the giant the trouble the adversity did not make Saul and his army cowards it just revealed what they already were Goliath did not make David a conqueror. It just revealed that that conquering spirit was already alive in him. And I want to tell you something, that, 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 that our trouble, giants and adversities do not make you what you are. They just reveal what you are. Let me say it like this. I've had, I've had great faith, great faith until I needed it. Hello. I mean, I thought I had great faith until I had to use it. I mean, it looked so good in theory. It sounded great. I, I have been super strong until I faced resistance. Amen. How many knows you don't find out how strong you are lifting feathers? Come on. Because that's what, that's what we measure. Because when our life is a feathery bed of ease, you can't measure your strength in that. You measure your strength when now all you got is rocks and boulders and cinder blocks and you got stuff that's heavy and it's got some substance to it. And now you're going to see how strong you are. 
It's in the adversity. It's in the problems. It's in the difficulties that you begin to find out. And I know what somebody's saying. I know what the devil's trying to tell somebody right now. See there, you are a joke. You are a fraud. See there, you are nothing. No, we're going to get to that because I want to tell you, there's something down inside of you that you don't know is there. And we're going to pull it up this morning and you're going to get over what's in front of you in Jesus' name. So, so, so this is this what I know. That adversity reveals who you are and what you made of. So, so, so watch this. Let me tell you. First of all, trouble introduces you. Introduces you. That's that's key word. It introduces you to who you are. But it also invites you to live beyond what you think is possible. Trouble will introduce you to yourself, but it is also an invitation. For you to live beyond the the, the, the the trouble that the Apollo 13 encountered, it introduced them to some things that, that they did not necessarily anticipate. But now that same trouble was an invitation for them to say, maybe we can do something we didn't think we could do. Maybe we can, maybe we can accomplish what we didn't know that we could accomplish. Maybe we can get them back here safe. Maybe we can work this out. Maybe we can get them back here. And so trouble will introduce you to who you are, but it'll invite you to become something more. It'll invite you to tap resources that you didn't know that you even had and you didn't look at before. You say, oh, but I can use that. And watch this. And not only will it introduce you and invite you, but it can serve to increase what it is that you can live in in a new realm of victory. And, 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 and as much as we want to avoid trouble, I want to tell you, there's some things that you just can't avoid. There's some things you can't ignore. Now, I know we, 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 we preach a lot of times, and I know that God can do anything. God can reverse anything. I, I, I get that. But, but, but I just, I've lived long enough to, to, to know not everything gets reversed. I mean, those God didn't put the oxygen tank on Apollo 13. I'm sure people was praying, but how many knows God didn't put that thing back together and put oxygen back in it? He didn't. He didn't necessarily fix it, but 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 he. But I believe God was involved. They 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 may think it was science, whatever. But I believe God was involved, and He directed them, and He gave the thought process and the ideas of how we can now maneuver this thing to get it back to Earth safely. And so God doesn't always reverse everything and just fix it the way that we think when we talk about him fixing stuff. He doesn't always just put it back together. Amen. But because there's some things you cannot deny. There's some things you cannot ignore. When you are up in outer space and you only now have so much oxygen that, that, that is left and you did not and you anticipated needing a whole lot more, now all of a sudden that, you can't ignore that. Oh, we'll be all right. Just take shorter breaths. Hold your breath, Bob. Hold your breath. You got to be up here longer than this. You can't breathe. You can't sit over there going. You can't do that. I mean, you can't ignore it. Now, all of a sudden, you got to address it. Amen. And and so and so. No offense if your name's Bob either, by the way. So, so it seemed insurmountable. 
How many knows that even if you go back to David and Goliath and that story, how many knows that Goliath, watch, Goliath was bigger than David on the surface. But David was bigger than Goliath in the spirit. See, 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 we measure stuff by the wrong thing sometimes. Goliath looked insurmountable. He looked unconquerable. He looked like he could not be defeated. But David looked like this is ridiculous. David looked like this is never going to work out. David looked like this is going to end poorly. But David goes out there and didn't go in his own name or in his own uh, posture and, 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 and in his own confidence. He goes out in the name of the Lord and he said, you might be bigger than me in, on the surface, but I'm bigger than you in the spirit. And I come to tell somebody today that thing that's staring down at you it might be bigger than you on the surface but I guarantee if you follow Christ and you got him on the inside greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and you are bigger than that thing in the spirit and on the inside don't you judge it by how it appears amen so 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 there's more to you than what you see you can't judge yourself just by looking in the mirror you can't judge yourself just by looking at your bank account or your paycheck or your house, amen, or the bills. What would we do? Without? Anyway, <laughs> so, so let me get back to this woman because this is where this woman was at. I mean, her husband's died. Creditor, she's, she's got an indebtedness. The creditors are going to come. She can't earn enough. They can't earn enough to pay the indebtedness. The creditors are saying, you got to pay. And now they're going to come and take her two sons to work off the debt that had been created. We don't know what it was. We don't know if it's legitimate. We don't know. But we just know the situation. I mean, no, she could not ignore that. She had to address. She just couldn't say, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. No, you got to face it. You got to face it. And so, so, so I want to talk about. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the season that she was in, not just her circumstance. But I want to talk about the season that she was in. And I, I want you to think about this: how that God. I want you to see this in the end: how God can blend seasons together, so that what we think will be our worst disaster could actually be one of our finest hours, because that's the God I serve. That's the God I serve who can take what looks like the worst disaster, and he'll say, watch me bring good out of this. Watch me turn this whole thing on his head. Watch me turn this. Watch me use this. So, 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 so watch, watch. Let me talk about the season that she was in. You may not identify with her circumstance. I don't want to talk about that necessarily. I want you to think about the season, the season that she was in. And I see a sevenfold season. i got to hurry. Is that, oh, that clock's not right. That clock says it's 1045. Okay, 950 is over there. All right. So let me talk about this real quick. First, first thing, first type of season she's in, she's in a season of death. Did you see that? Her husband's dead. Now, you say, well, I don't identify with that. I ain't lost nobody. No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe it's not a husband that's died. Maybe it's a dream that's died. Maybe it's your faith that's died. Some of you, the way you look. Maybe it's your joy that died. So 
Some of you, I think your eyelids is dying because you have a hard time opening them right now. I speak to them nerves right now in the name of Jesus. Anyway, anyway. Maybe it's your hope and expectation that's dying. And you may not be in the same circumstance, but you might be in the same season. Because I got something that died that I can't ignore. I got something that I used to count on. When something dies, there's a finality to it. It, it, it's, it's, it's not, this man was not coming back. She, she, she was like, he, he's gone. What I've depended on is now gone. Come on. In other words, you got, you got laid off, they closed the plant, whatever, and they're not opening back up, okay? It's dead. Okay? Doesn't mean that you can't have a future and go somewhere else, but as far as that in itself, it's dead. It's over. There's a finality to it. She's in a season of death. Maybe you're in a season of death. Something has died. Something is over. Something is finished. Something is not coming back. Something, some, one, one particular thing, it's just gone. And, and I'm not going to necessarily get that particular thing back. And that season of death kind of blends into another season, and it's a season of disappointment. Because I, I promise you, look, I, 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 you know, I, sometimes when I read, I kind of try to put myself in that position and in that story. And, and even what's told here, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he feared the Lord. And I can see and I can hear and I can sense the confusion and the perplexity and the, and the disappointment in her voice. Hey, he, he was God-fearing. In other words, I don't know why this happened. I don't know why we're here. You know he served the Lord. You know he feared God. You know he was doing right. You know he was living right. And yet here we're in this mess. You know, and here's this disappointment. Come on. And so you can have something that dies, something that ends, something that, that, that goes around. And now there's the disappointment that goes along with it. And this season upon top of season. Disappointment, you know what disappointment is? It is unmet expectation. It's when I expected it to go one way and it's now gone a different way. Which is good that we have expectation. But how many knows the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick? When, when we have hope for something and it doesn't come about, and it doesn't manifest, now all of a sudden it does something inside of us. It does something in our heart. Disappointment. So something dies, something's over, something's finished, and now I'm disappointed. And now that death and disappointment has bled into another season, a season of difficulty. Now I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to go on. I don't know how I'm going to navigate this. Does anybody listen to me? I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Now I'm in a season of difficulty, of hardship. I, I looked up the, 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 the definition of difficulty, and the definition of difficulty said this. One of them said this, needing much effort or skill in order to handle it. Needing much effort or skill 
to handle it. And I thought about that. I thought about the things that we go through that we have not been trained on how to handle. Nobody, nobody really takes the time to train us. How, how do you handle getting fired? How, how, do you, how do you handle a loved one? How do, you, how do you handle somebody betraying you? How do you handle that? Now it's difficult. I'm in a season of difficulty because I'm having to navigate. Come on. How do, how do, you, how do you deal with what do we do when we're, when we're flying high one minute and the oxygen tank blows up the next? And now we don't know whether we're going to be able to breathe our way through this or not. Now I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive. Now I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm, I'm facing hardship because I'm not trained for this. I'm not ready for this. Nobody prepared me for this. Now, now, now I'm in a season of death and disappointment and difficulty, and now, now I'm in a season of dilemma. Now I'm perplexed. I don't have clarity. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, don't, I, I, I mean, and, and so, so I'm crying out because, because every altar. See, here's, here's in, in, in a dilemma, here's, here's the definition of a dilemma. A dilemma is when you don't really want any of the options. It is. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm sure if you were to ask her, she would have said, well, what do you want? I'm sure she would have said, how about raising my husband from the dead? But since it didn't seem to be an alternative, every other alternative was, well, I could, I mean, I could let the creditors just have everything and we could live on the street, but I don't really want to do that. But I don't want him taking my sons and being separated from them because I'm already grieving over the loss of my husband and now I don't want to grieve over my sons being gone and being bond men working for somebody else. How am I going to eat? How am I going to make it? How am I going to sustain everything? Neither alternative is desirable. I am in a season of dilemma. I don't know what to do. I'm perplexed. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Because every alternative is undesirable. And it, and it led, to the, led to the fifth season. I'm getting there. Y'all didn't think I'd go through seven things that quickly. I know, I know you old devious mind. Anyway, so, 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 so now, now it's brought her, all of that has brought her to a season of desperation. A season of desperation. I looked up the definition of desperation. It means a hopeless sense that is that a situation is so bad as it is impossible to deal with. It's a sense that I'm hopeless now because this is impossible to fix. Because she didn't see any way out. She didn't know of it. She had exhausted. She had thought about it. She had, she had, she had you know, spent time considering this, considering that. What do I do? Step here, step there. Do this, do that. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. I don't have any good alternative. And I have this sense now of being hopeless that a situation is so bad as to be impossible to do it. This is impossible. There's just no way out. Come on. That's what the enemy wants you to think. He's got you backed in the corner, and there's no way to get out of this and no way to get through this. There's no way to fix this. There's no, no way you're getting through this. No way that this has turned out good. You, you might have you checked off some other victories, but you're not going to check this one off. This one's going to be a defeat. You might as just well go ahead and write it off. It's a defeat. That's what the enemy wants you to think. 
what the enemy wants to tell you. But here's why, here's why I know that our God is so good at blending seasons that he can take a season of death, of, of, of disappointment, of difficulty, of dilemma, and, and, and even of desperation. And right in the middle of it, he can change the season. And you're like, I didn't see that coming. And this woman began to cry out and say, I don't know what to do. I have nothing to do on my own. And so she called out to God. I know she went to the prophet, but that's how they went back then. That's how they operated back then. She went to who she knew to go to, who would speak a word from the Lord. And, and, and she calls out on not just the prophet, but the God that the prophet served. And said, said, what, what do we what what do we do? I, this is the situation. This is the alternative. What, what am I supposed to do? And he said, he goes through you, 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 you remember, and says, What do you have in the house? And she said, I ain't got nothing but a pot of oil. And he said, Go get some vessels. Borrow from your neighbors. Get all the vessels you can. Because God is about to change your season. In other words, he started building her expectation again. Maybe not for what she would have originally desired and wanted, but he's like, hey, there is a way out of this. There's God's way. You can't find a way. Your sons can't find a way. He said, I'm not even telling you that I see a way, but God can make a way out of this. He can get you through this. And so so all of a sudden, she'd been in a season of death, a season of disappointment, a season of difficulty, a season of dilemma, a season of desperation. But, but at the same time, I want you to get this, at the same time, in the same situation, her season's about to change. And she's about to enter into a season, watch this, a season of demonstration. A season where God demonstrates that he is more powerful than the problem you're facing. It is a season where God demonstrates that he is God and that he is Lord over every issue and every difficulty and every disappointment and even the death that you've encountered and everything that you've been disappointed with. He is the God and can demonstrate that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He is going to change the season because, because somebody needs to know that your adversity is God's opportunity to demonstrate his ability to do more in your life than you ever imagined. I got to say it again. You, you, you got to realize that your adversity is God's opportunity to demonstrate on your behalf his ability to do more than you ever, ever imagined. To, 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 to demonstrate something. I, I looked up all this because I want to make sure I'm accurate. I looked up all this to demonstrate something is to clearly show. I want you to hear this. We're talking about God demonstrating in the midst of your death, difficulty, disappointment, dilemma, and desperation. He said it's to, to demonstrate is to clearly show. In other words, there's no question left to clearly show 
the existence or truth of something by giving proof of the evidence. In other words, for God to demonstrate is for God to stand up and say, yeah, I know that looks bad and that looks bad, and if that's all it was and that was all the reality there is, then everything would look bad. But you have forgotten one thing. You have not calculated into this the God factor. And because of the God factor, the equation changes. Because if you leave God out of it, everything looks like a minus. Everything looks like a division. But he said, if you put the God factor in, not only can I add goodness to it, I can multiply goodness to it. I can change the whole equation because I'm demonstrating. He said, he said it's, it's to clearly show the existence or the truth of something by giving proof or evidence. That's what he did at the Red Sea. That's what he did at the Red Sea. He gave proof or evidence that he is who he said he was. And he said, I'm going to get glory at the hands of Pharaoh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get glory out of this. I'm going to get honor out of this. And even the Egyptians will know that I am God. And there when they're at the Red Sea and they don't know what to do, he protects them long enough for him to open up the way for them. And while they're there, they're, they're, by the way, by the way, sometimes our real struggle is in, 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 I was reading that the other day, and I preached on that not long ago, but, but I, was, I was reading it again the other day, and I thought of how, how Israel was told to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, but yet Moses was called to stretch his rod over the sea. And I thought about that, and I thought about, hmm, sometimes the real stretch is in standing still. Sometimes the real stretch is not what God asks you to do as far as the activity he asks you to do. Sometimes he'll stretch you by saying, why don't you just stand there for a minute? Why don't you just give me a minute? Why don't you just give me one? And, and basically it said that they stood there all that night and east wind blew. Sometimes God will look at you and tell you to do something, but sometimes God will look down at you and say, why don't you just give it a night? Why don't you just wait and let me work through the night? And sometimes the hardest stretch is to stand still. But anyway, that's what he did. He, he proved undeniable. That's what he did with Daniel. That's what he did with the Hebrew children. That's what he did with the fiery furnace and the den of lions is that he proved the existence by giving proof or evidence because he changed the season from a season of death and disappointment and difficulty and dilemma and desperation, and he changed it to a season of demonstration. And what he did, he began to, in that demonstration, he brought the seventh part and brought her into a season of deliverance. Because he began to demonstrate that he can multiply, that he can add, that he can deliver. Deliverance is the process of being freed, of being liberated, of being rescued. It's like being rescued from a sinking ship out in the middle of the ocean. You might be able to swim, but there's no way that you can make it that far. You are dependent upon somebody to rescue you. And, 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 and this, is what I, this is what I want to say about this too. Now, I alluded to it earlier, but it's so, so important that we realize this. Because Lord really, really stirred me in that, is that a rescue is not a reversal. 
How many knows that, that he can rescue you, but not everything is always put back together the way it was before? He rescues you. How many, how many, know, how many knows that, that when, Paul, when Paul was on the ship and it began to fall, the storm hit and it began to fall apart, God, God told him, I'll protect everybody. I'm going to rescue everybody, but the ship's going to be lost. So he rescued Paul, but he didn't reverse the ship from falling apart. He, did, he didn't make the ship. He didn't put the ship back together. And so, sometimes we got to remember that a rescue is not a reversal. She, this woman didn't get her husband back. It didn't all turn around. But God brought her to a new place of sustainment, to a new place of living. He brought her to, he may not reverse everything in your life, but he will work to bring you into a new season that moves you beyond the tragedy, beyond the turmoil, beyond the trouble, and tell you that there's life. There's life beyond it. There's life beyond it. There's, 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 there's life beyond the death. There's life beyond the disappointment. There's life beyond the difficulty. There's life beyond the dilemma. There's life beyond desperation. He is a God who can change your season and bring right in the middle of all that, bring you into a season where he begins to demonstrate who he is, demonstrate his power, and bring you into a season of deliverance and walk you through that and walk you out of that. And the Bible said that they borrowed vessels and they just kept pouring the oil, kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. And pouring. As long as they had something to pour it into, the oil began to pour and multiply. And once there was no more vessels, they said, what, what do we do now? And he said, you take and you go and you sell the oil and then you pay your debts and you and your sons live off the rest. And God changed her season from one of grief to one of glory. And that's what I really feel for somebody is that God can change your season from one of grief. Whatever you're grieving over, whatever has hurt you, whatever has harmed you, and bring you from a season of grief to a season of glory. Paul, Paul y'all, y'all, y'all come on because I, I need to start wrapping this up. So here's, here's what I believe today. Here's what I believe. I believe you may have come in this building. I want you, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. I believe somebody may have come in this building today, and you didn't say it with your mouth. You hadn't said it with your mouth, but your heart, in your heart, the cry of your heart, the cry of your heart is, heaven, we have a problem. Something unanticipated has blown up, exploded, disintegrated. Something unanticipated, something undesired, something that I didn't see coming, something I don't know that I got the skill to get through, something that I haven't planned for. Heaven, we have a problem. And I I really felt like I could hear the voices of doubt and of fear and of unbelief and of discouragement begin to talk to people and, 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 and tell them exactly what was happening there with Apollo 13. Begin to tell you that this is going to be the worst disaster. 
This will be the worst experience that you've ever had. This will be the worst season. This is the worst thing that could have happened. This is the worst thing. But I also believe God sent me here today to interrupt, you hear me, to interrupt somebody's internal conversation. To say, excuse me. Excuse me. With all due respect, I do not believe this will be the worst disaster. But I do believe this can be your finest hour. Because I know a God who can demonstrate. I know a God who can deliver. I know a God who can get you through. I know a God who's thought of things you ain't ever thought of. I know a God who sees things you ain't ever seen. I know a God who can create and make and pull and push and manipulate and do things that you never intended. This may be bad, but this ain't the crisis that the devil's trying to convince you it is. God can turn everything for the good. He can change your season. And he can take you from a season of death and of disappointment a season of difficulty, dilemma, and desperation, and he can blend that. Same situation, same circumstances, same everything, and he can take that and blend that into a season of demonstration of his power, of his ability, of his capacity, and of deliverance to get you on the other side of it. I got to tell somebody today, you might feel stuck where you at. You're not stuck. There's life on the other side of this. There's blessing on the other side of this. There's goodness on the other side of this. I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me to tell somebody, do not, do not let that, I feel this. Do not allow something to be a stumbling block that God intends to be a stepping stone. Don't you trip over this. You can get on top of it. You, you can stand victorious over it. You can get over this. I, I used to tell, I used to tell people. I work with, I, 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 and people that I talk to and stuff, and they're coming and talk to me, and I, I'm trying to give them perspective. I'm not trying to minimize what they're going through, but I'm trying to give them perspective. And I've told them, I've told many, many people this. I was like, a speed bump can become a roadblock if you overreact. There's some things in our path that's not meant to be a roadblock. It may be a speed bump. God may be saying, hey, slow down here. Assess. Take a look. But it's not a roadblock. It's not saying all options are no, 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 no. You just slow down enough to where God can work and God can blend the season and pull things together. I got I to quit. I got to quit. 
God can change your season. I want them to sing. I want them to worship. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want to tell you something. God can change your season. You don't have to stay in that season of death and disappointment and difficulty and dilemma and even desperation. I believe God to change your season to one of where he demonstrates himself and one where he brings deliverance into your life, deliverance into your circumstance, deliverance into your situation.